0: Alright, well, um, I want to be clear, all of this, um, we're talking about the heart of a slave versus son, but it's not only a slave, it's an orphan, okay? And so I think that that might make a little bit more sense to to some of us. Now, I don't know, Soren and I, uh, my son, he's 10, we've been reading through this book called Under God, and it's about kind of the background of our nation and uh its history but it all has to tie in with Christianity and basically where people relied on God and where they pretended to rely on God and all sorts of stuff like that right and uh a lot of it is about slavery and it has been really eye opening to me about you know what slavery was really like and how um they, a lot of uh, slaves would have to go and please their masters, but then sneak around to try to worship God. And um, I think that that's, that's something that, oh, people here in, in, in this age, we're not used to slavery. I mean, even if we've heard about slavery, we're not used to it. We're not used to being a slave. Um, but I have had the pleasure of being around Jonathan's family um, to really learn more about orphans. Slavery, Slavery. yeah. I'm a slave to Jonathan (laughs) and his family. They call me up like, hey, you better watch my kids today. No, I'm just kidding. um, (laughs) um, But they have adopted uh, three um, orphans, and all from different countries, one from uh, China, one from India, and one from Burundi. And uh, we were just talking last week, actually. Or was it last week? I don't know. It might have been a few days ago. I don't even remember. But somewhere in this room, uh, we were talking about some of the early days of that and what it was like. And uh, it's really interesting because as an orphan, even if they're really little, like Lydia was really little, um they come out of this, and they have these mentalities deep within. And even though they're adopted, they're fully adopted, there's no going back, for some reason, that orphan mentality is still inside. And there's a whole lot of training that has to happen to bring that out. And not only training, but living. And I know even, you know, one of their daughters still deals with some of this, like, am I going to be left, you know, stuff when she's older and it it doesn't make a lot of sense to us because we know like their family's never gonna leave them right but uh to her it's still inside of her and it's something that no matter how much she's told that that's something she still thinks about and I think that what happens to us in our faith is so similar to that you know we're fully adopted right we're fully adopted but for some reason, we still have a lot of these old mentalities of when we were pre-adopted, <laughs> when we were orphans. And I think that most of us don't even have a, a real good understanding of, of those mentalities that we have because um, they're so rooted in us that it, it doesn't even seem wrong. You know, it just seems like who we are. And so um, I wanted to to first, I just have to say, Jonathan, this morning, everything that you were going over was just absolutely what the Lord was wanting to pour out today, and uh, just what it's like to be in him and to function because he has been one with us. And one of my favorite scriptures, um, just lately, actually, has been... um, In John 14, I'm going to read John 14, 18 through 21, I think. Um, It says, I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer, but you will see me because I will live again and you will come alive too. So when that day comes, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me, for I will be living in you. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father, and I will passionately love you in return and will manifest my life within you. I think... uh... (laughs) Probably, I mean, there's a lot in there I freaking love, but the first part is my favorite, I think. Um, uh, okay, it, it's one of my favorites, but I think um, it says, I will promise I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. And the reason he said that is because of the orphan mentality. He would never have said that to them if they weren't already thinking that, Right. And it's because that's what we do. We think, wait, you're leaving? And he's like, no, even though they're not going to be able to see me, you'll be able to see me. And that's what we were talking about, is pressing in, being able to see, and being able to see him, even even though it seems strange and nobody else can see, that we are actually in him, seated in him, which is so strange, you know? But that's that's part of what it's like to be a son, and so I wanted to talk about um, the opposite of what it's like to be a son, and not only to be a son, but to function as a son, because I think that that's very different. We can be a son without functioning like it, and um, I have given this <laughs> this example a thousand times. But you know, Soren, you know he's ten. I fully trust him. Uh, he, he's pretty responsible. I would say he's very responsible. But even though everything I have is his, you know, he has the full inheritance. All that we have, we share at our house. Um, But I'm not going to give him the keys to the car yet because he's, Though he's a son, he's not responsible enough yet to take on that responsibility. So I still call that my car, even though it's really, you know, when he gets old enough and responsible enough, then that's his car too. So there are times when he is my son, but he's not fully functioning like that in every way because he's not quite there yet. That doesn't mean that it's not his It just means that he's not ready for that responsibility. And so if we go back to what Jason was teaching last week about our areas of authority, this is why God stirred this up in me is because a lot of times I think this is kind of the prequel, okay? It's not the sequel. So basically, we can't um, even begin to reign and to govern what God has given us without having that intimacy and authority given to us. And we cannot do that unless we have shed this orphan mentality. When we shed this orphan mentality, he gives us more responsibility. And when we grow in responsibility, he'll give us more authority. But we're not going to be doing all that he does if we aren't walking in his ways. And so, you know, one of my favorite scriptures says, if you walk in my ways, I will give you charge of my house and I will give you charge of my courts. That's, it's important because if we're not walking in his ways, he wouldn't do that. How could you trust that your son is ready to drive the car if he hasn't gone and done it with you? I think this about cooking. You know, I have my kids, and I want them to come and learn with me and cook with me. It's not like I enjoy the process, but it's important that they learn to do these things so that then I can trust them with their knife skills. Okay, I'm not... (coughs) There was a time when we were trying to teach them knife skills, and, and I let... Uh, Soren cut something. I think it was me. I don't know. One of us let Soren cut a cantaloupe by himself, and he cut off part of his finger. That was a hard lesson for me and for for him. Now, obviously, it healed back up, and it's all right. <laughs> God God is good to us. But um, if we if God gives us more authority than we're ready for, sometimes we will mess up and sometimes we will hurt ourselves and sometimes we will hurt other people. And it's important that we do it with him and that Soren does it with us, right? <laughs> um, but it's important that we do these things and we do it with him and practice enough with him and there are times when he will let us fail and he will let us do that so we learn to be careful and we learn to do things in his way. And so I want to go over a few things. Um, it's not the stuff on your, on your uh, sheet yet. Um, but there are just a few things that I'd like to go over. Um, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not the one who came up with this chart. Um, there's another person who is just, he has some great charts out there that have really helped me in my walk and so this is one of them Um, but I have to say I've grown a lot just by going through it because it's made me realize that I have a lot more things where I'm walking as a slave or an orphan than I thought and so um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was our response to pain and so just like when I was talking about Soren. Um, There are times when we go through pain and we respond to them in different ways according to where we are in our relationship with God. And, um, for instance, okay, a slave or an orphan will run from pain. They will seek to avoid problems and they will see the cost of failure. Now, here's the flip side, what a son will do. A son embraces pain strategically. They see opportunities in problems, and they see the benefits of failure. This is something we talk about a lot in the business that I do, is that we fail forward. That the the faster you go when you have failures, the more opportunity you will have because you'll grow faster, you'll learn more. And so we embrace failure. And I think that that's important that what we do is we say, you know, okay, pain, I accept this. What am I supposed to do with this? What is it that I'm supposed to learn through this? How can I benefit others through this? And, you know, even in the past couple of days, this is what I've been doing, it's so silly, it's just a cold that I've had. <laughs> um But, uh, you know, when you have a cold and you're just like, oh, I can't function. I mean, I don't know if you feel like this, but I've felt like this the last couple of days. And, uh you know, the first thing, I don't remember if it was Jason, somebody, I think it was, yeah, Jason, you're like, well, you're gonna be able to preach, you need me to preach. And I was just like, no, because God's the one who told me to do it, and so therefore, <laughs> pretty sure that I'm going through this for a reason. It's either so I will press through and, and get to the other side and say nothing will stop me, or maybe I need to learn something in the process. Right? And actually, um, through I was praying with Linda the other day, and really about all this, and God just said, you need to rest. And this is what he does to me. He like forces me into rest. And so, um, he's like, no, you need to cancel this, and you need to cancel this, because I had set it up on the Sabbath, which was not the right choice, by the way. But he was showing me I need to rest, and forcing me into rest, and that's what a father does to a son. I mean, that's what I do to Soren. I say, hey, I know you want to play video games all the darn time, but you're going to have a day of rest, and you're not going to do that. And... Sometimes you have to force people into that, and we, as a son, accept that as good, not as bad. And so if we still had the slave or orphan mentality, we'd be like, but I want to, but whatever, I'll do whatever I want. And you get this whole like rebellion thing going on. You know, we talked about how especially Stella at first was such a rebellious one she would test these boundaries constantly i remember when she first came over to my house and and i would say something and she would say no and i was like how do i deal with this i don't ever have children who tell me no like this <laughs> and it, you could just see it in her face like what are you going to do and so and she just had to be given that strict authority until she realized now and I, it's so funny now i was talking about she's what I consider the most workman of them all. Like, <laughs> she's so much like you guys. It's so funny, especially you, Jonathan. I see she has your humor, she's just like that, but she's so respectful, and that's one of the things I see about workmen's is so respectful, totally the opposite of that rebellious one when she came. And anyway, it's, it's amazing to see how, how far she's come as... Well, I would say a son, but a daughter of yours, yeah. Anyway, um, okay, so pain. The next thing I, I wanted to go over is um, the perspective on work. A slave or, um, or an orphan, they obey orders, uh, they look at the right way to do a job, and they consider consequences. But a son solves problems. They look for a better way to do a job, and they see possibilities. Have you ever known, OK, I feel like this is a good one for me, because um, I would say service is one of the hardest things for me. Out of every all of the spiritual gifts, service is one of the hardest. And for me, other people are like, that's like the easiest. Yeah, I know. For some people it is, not for me. And for me, I'm like, just tell me what to do, and that's what I'll do. I- I'm very much like a slave. That's how I-, I function. I function like, just tell me what to do, I'll do it. Okay, I'll get it done if I have to. That's how I am. I am not the problem solver when it comes to work. I'm one of those people that I'm like, just give me orders. That's, that's good enough. And... um then there are people who, like Tim, he's so gifted in service, and he'll just go and get something done and figure out what needs to be done and do all that. Dustin's the same way. There are a few people here who are like that. It's so inspiring to me to see that because I'm not that person. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't know how their mind even works like that. It's just, you see what needs to be done. I don't see details. Jason always used to get frustrated with me when I was leading worship for him because he'd talk about the chords on the stage, and I'm like, I really didn't notice. I have no idea what you're talking about and because I don't notice things like that. And there are things that when we're working for God... We have to look at things differently. And it's not just about what needs to be swept up. But the work that I do, I, I do strategically. And I do try to look at how can we do this better? What can I do? Because I may not do work, you know, I don't sweep things up or anything like that. That's not me. But what I do is I minister to people all the time. And that's something that, that's my work for the Lord and when I do, I constantly am looking at what can I do to make things better? How can I do this in a different way? How can we do this to reach more people or to reach them deeper and further? You know, And that's something that I tend to do a lot because I want the Father's heart to come through the ministry. That's really important. And so for me, I want to reflect my Father. I want people to look at me and see that I'm a son, not to see that I'm a slave. Because the problem with the world hating Christianity is because they see a bunch of slaves. They do. They see people who are just about rules and following the rules and having to do things the right way. They don't see people reflecting the heart of their father. When people look at my son, I would hope that they see, wow, he's he's a good reflection of his parents. Instead of, who is that kid and what the heck is he doing? Because that's what the the world is seeing in Christians. They're going, why are they even doing this? Look at what they're doing. And they see them instead of seeing the Father. And so if we were a true reflection as a son, and we weren't slaves or orphans, I really believe that people would see that kindness in us, that goodness in us, that, that showered out, right? That we just talked about. They would see the authority they would see all of that in a good, a good authority, not a bad authority. And when we see that good authority in people, we recognize it's the Father. Because when, I'll tell you, I've, I've talked about this, when I walk into a conference and I'm, I'm there to do this speaking, and usually it's better than it is today, but <laughs> anyway, when, when I go and I do this speaking, people go, wow, wow. She has some sort of authority, and they see it, and I've never met them before, and it's because when I go in, I'm like, Holy Spirit, please take over. (laughs) You have to do this. I have to be a reflection. That's all I can do. I cannot be just me, okay? Me is good, and it's good enough because God has made me, but I'm in Christ, and he's in me. And he sent his spirit so that we would be known as sons. All over the word it talks about that we're sons because he placed his spirit in us. That spirit of holiness, that Holy Spirit is in us, and he's the one who's making us a reflection. So if we leave that to the side and we walk in by ourselves, which really is impossible, it's a mindset, right? But if that's what we're doing, they're not going to see authority. They're just going to see somebody who's talking. And it's important that we walk in with a spirit totally wrapped around us so that what they see is the spirit and they don't just see us, right? OK, next thing I want to talk about. This next one is the use of resources. I think this is a really good one. A slave sees the cost. A slave wants to receive from those who have. And a slave cares for himself. A son sees value. A son wants to know how they got there. And a son understands social responsibility. Now, if you think about this, you see the cost or you see the value. I've thought about this with our trip to South Africa. Because a lot of people go, God, why would you spend so much money to go over there instead of just reaching the people here? I've had a lot of people say that sort of thing, right? It's because they're looking at the cost. If you see the value of what God is having us do, cost doesn't matter. It's about what we're doing to sow into the kingdom. And you never should neglect the people here. You should know you have a social responsibility here, obviously. I hope every one of us are living out our social responsibility here. Are you talking to your neighbors? Because you shouldn't go to South Africa without talking to your neighbors. Right? But talk to your neighbors. We all know that we should do that. That's what a son does. We take social responsibility all around us. Uh, I think it's really it's interesting we talk to people about. You know, I kind of have both mentalities here. I've seen um, I've seen people when they're just given something, not really value it unless there is a cost behind it. Okay, in my business, I do zeal, okay? So I'm sharing this stuff. I have given people a canister of zeal because it's gonna help them, and they don't take it. And it's because they don't see the value. It's so sad. I don't wanna just have to make everybody pay 60 bucks for a canister. You know, when somebody needs it real bad, they don't have the money for it, I wanna give it to them. But if they don't see the value, then there's no way to get them healthy. And that's how we are in the spirit. We have to see the value, or there's no way that we're going to get healthy. If we don't do that, we have to do it. And so sometimes we have to, to give of ourselves to be able to see the value. And cost, it's not as much about what it costs, but it's about what we invest and so we invest something. It's not just about paying something. It's about investing something. And so we want to invest into the kingdom. That's what sons would do. That's what our father would do. He said, you know, I want that guy who, who invested all that I gave him, not the one who just buried it. I want to be an investor into the kingdom. I'm going to invest into this person and see it flourish. I'm going to invest into this person and see it flourish. Okay. <laughs> uh Okay, I keep going. All right, the nature of their relationships. I think this is the one that gets most people. A slave or an orphan talks about themself. Themself, theirself, themselves. Themself, their self, themselves. A son talks about their team. a slave or an orphan expects more from others than from themselves. their self. I did it again, I don't know, from themselves. But a son personally raises the bar. And then a slave extends honor upwards, and a son extends honor down. I think about this a lot when I have people who are coming to me that I just meet and I'm a leader of theirs this happens a lot in my in my business because I have a lot of people who join my team who I don't know and so you know I'll meet them and I can tell if they are um there's someone who does this who's like wow nice to meet you Caleb it's great to meet you and then there's another person who's like wow it's so great to meet you oh my goodness it's Wow, I've just been wanting to meet you, and it's like, okay, hold up, you're good. You know, like I'm not that cool. You do this, right? And, but then you see people who are above you, and I have, I have a really good leader, and every time he extends honor down, every time he goes, wow, I really admire you. I really appreciate you. He says these things all the time, and I see that it's strategic, Okay, because I'm a leader too. So I see that it's strategic, but I honor that because that's what a good leader does. They invest in the people below them and they say, you're worth it. I appreciate you. I love you. You're good at this. You can do it. And that's what a good, a good son would do. Okay. <laughs> mm. Okay. The view of the future a slave looks for immediate gain, but a son sows into the future. A slave seeks comfort, but a son seeks fulfillment. A slave wants to be liked now, a son will let history be their judge. I think uh, this has been one of the hardest for me, um, especially the wants-to-be-liked-now part. I've been a people pleaser for a long time. And I call it fear of man. It's not that I'm actually afraid of man, but I'm kind of afraid of what people think of me sometimes. And uh, in fact, I was just watching this... this. Uh, Oh, a little clip of Sandra Bullock. And she was talking about when she was reading through her Google reviews. And she said it was so devastating, like, just to read all these negative things about herself. She's like, don't anyone ever do that. <laughs> don't Google yourself, okay? And I was like, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm afraid of what people think of me. <laughs> because, and I get like that. I get really afraid of that. But the truth is, if I look back, I know that I'm liked you know, I can look back on history and everybody likes me. You know, that's an exaggeration, not everybody. But most people like me. And it's because, you know, the people who who are haters, it's because they're the people who don't really know you. At least that's how it is with me. The people who don't really know me are the ones who'll hate on me. It's not the people who know me. And the only way people can know me is if I allow myself to be known which is hard, but it's worth it. And uh, I just think a lot of times, it's going back to that same investment thing, you know, are you looking for that immediate immediate pay, or are you looking for that long-term investment? And so, anyway, I think it's a slave-son thing again. All right, the last one I want to talk about is the exercise of power. A slave is disloyal when he succeeds. Think about this and what that means. Have you ever known someone who, um, well, I like to call them a jerk. Okay, there are lots of jerks out there who will rise to success and they will stomp on all the people below them who got them there. And they will even take credit for things that weren't theirs to take credit for, right? disloyal when he succeeds. A son initiates sharing success. I love that because that's really, when you see someone climb to the top and they don't take all the credit for it and they go, actually, it's because of all these people who did that and they're honest and it's not one of those, thank you all my fans, you know. but it's really one of those honest things where people are giving credit that's when you know that they're a son. You know, you recognize that they have it and that it's not something that they're faking it. And we know that if we are still having that orphan mentality, we're faking it. Because we don't want to be faking it. We want to be genuine every time we get somewhere. And we know that only God can bring us there. A slave, they give favors and a son shows favor. A slave seeks supernatural for themselves and a son uses the supernatural for others. I was just um, talking about an experience with somebody who um, they were a real true believer. You could tell by uh, the things that they said and uh, how they really were seeing into the heart of God. But then, there was a moment in what they were doing where everything shifted and they started focusing on self. And when that happened, they started trying to manifest the supernatural themselves for glory. Do you know what I mean? And you can be genuine and do that, okay? This is the hard thing is sometimes we shift back and forth From orphan to son, to orphan to son, right? And so there are times when really genuine people do really stupid things. I've done it. We need to understand that when we shift into that glory for us, that is slave. It's not son. And so we have to get out of that glory for us thing. Any supernatural works that we have have to come for the glory of the Father. And that's alone. Okay, maybe Jesus and Holy Spirit, but not for us. And not for our church, and not for our ministry, and not for anything except for His glory. And there are times when I go, should I talk about this or should I not? Is this because I want to share something cool that God did for me? Or is this because I'm really trying to give Him glory? You know, and that's, that's a real thing. When you start walking the supernatural, it gets pretty cool. It gets really cool. There are some things that happen and you're like, that's awesome. I can't believe God does that stuff. But at the same time, you're like, I want to show you how cool I am. That's so lame. It's so lame. Because it's totally the opposite. And God doesn't pour that out so we can show how cool we are, you know, or how spiritual we are. It's really about, are we sons or are we slaves? Because we go back to the slave thing when we go back to self-focus, right? Anyway, I know that uh, God will continue to move us into more authority when we start to shed the slave and orphan mentality. I think that there's a time where People move through this shedding the orphan, walking as a son, and then learning as a son until they're finally functioning as a son. And when I say that, we can be a son and not be functioning like a son. My kids... um, Especially Illy. Okay, she's my niece, but she's with me all the time, so she feels like a kid of mine. Anyway, uh, she comes up to me and goes, "Mm, mm, 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 mm." and that means I need food right now. Please get me food, okay? And so she does this all the time. And so I'm like, all right, all right. And So I go and I make her some food. And then I'll have Soren, who's 10, and he comes and goes, Mom! Will you make me some food? And I'm like, okay, anyone who knows me, I say, you are big. This is what I do, right? Linda laughs because she's been around all the time. And I'm like, you are big. Go do it. And I think that we have to get to the point where we quit asking all the time for things that we can do. And so when I say that, I believe that this is what God wants from us. He does not want us to come out of relationship. Don't misunderstand. We have to have a strong relationship with the Lord. But when we have a strong relationship with the Lord, he says, now you can do this. You don't always need to beg from me. And there are times when we go and we beg for the things that we already have. We beg for the things that we want him to do in us when he says, have I not taught you for years? There are things that we can do from the heavenly places. Remember when it talks about he gives us authority in the heavenly places? Do you guys understand that? This is a thing. (laughs) This is something that most Christians are not walking in. They don't even understand the authority that they have in the heavenly places. They think they just have authority in their own home. Okay, you might have authority in your own home. You have authority in the heavenly places. That means you can go and you can take control of things that are going awry You can also release inheritance into the earth. You can release healing over people. You can do all sorts of things, as long as you're walking in his ways and you're doing what he would do. Jesus said, I don't do anything except for what I see the Father doing. So if you're never spending time looking at the Father and seeing what he's doing, you probably shouldn't do anything. Seriously. That needs to be your primary focus, is I want to know what the Father's doing. I want to see what he's doing. I want to do what he does. And just go and cook with them. Say, God, I'll do it with you. Let me do it with you for a while. He wants us to do that. He wants to do it with us. That's why we're in him. He goes and he says, let's do this together. And so you can declare and decree things from heaven into the earth. You don't always have to go to the throne room and ask. This is true. Now there are times when you need to, that you still need to go. There are times I go to my dad and ask him for stuff still. I'm grown, but I still am like, dad, dad. And he knows. (laughs) He's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because I still need him. But he knows that I'm going to do what he would do. I know you know that. I would never do anything that my dad would disapprove of. Can you be trusted as a son? I believe when you start seeing yourself in chains and you start going, I I can't move out of this, I'm chained up. You've gone back to that slave mentality. You have to recognize he already broke the chains off. You were adopted, whether you know it or not. Just because you go back to those, those same orphan habits does not mean that you're not adopted All you got to do is start doing what he does. The more you do what he does, those chains just fall right off. And you don't even think about that anymore. I know Lydia isn't thinking about being an orphan, right? She's been walking a long time with you guys. That's what she knows. She knows that she's loved by the workmen. She has everything she needs. She'll always have everything she, she needs. And they empower her to do her best at things that they have never even thought of doing, like cubes. <laughs> you know, when she goes to these cube tournaments, she's going and she's stepping out on her own to do something really unique for her. And she's doing it in a way that makes her parents proud. And that's what we need to do, is step out and do things that would make our father proud. And not because we just want to do something different. But we need to do what he wants us to do. And we have to accept the responsibility that he's given us. And so if... You want to accept responsibility and take authority. That sheet that Jason has, he had these different areas of authority that you can put in there that God has given you. Here's what I recommend. Don't just fill out things that sound good. But you ask God, what have you given me authority over? What is it that you want me to govern? What am I ready for? He might give you one thing, not seven things. And that's okay. Because as we grow in intimacy with him, he then gives us more authority Whatever we're ready for. I guarantee you, if he opened up seven different things when you were ready for one, you'd freak out and you'd fail at everything. Okay, that's what I would do anyway. But he knows what I'm ready for, and he opens up one at a time and says, now you're ready for this, now you're ready for this. And I have people who say, how are you doing all of these things? And I'm like, I don't know. This is the Lord. He's the one who's called me to everything. In fact, I've had people say, you really need to do less. And I said, actually, this is what God has told me to do. I don't have hobbies. So, I mean, this, this is what I do. And that's what God, when God says no, I say no. But until then, that's what I have to do. And so we have to know that sometimes when he gives us authority and he gives us something to govern, it's not always going to please other people. And it's not always going to look like other people think it should look because there are a whole lot of slaves running around. And you can be a slave to a lot of things. Um, see the sheet? You guys have the sheet? I don't know if you've read through it or not, but there's a lot on it. Um, What I would like is if, Jason, do you have anything you could play in the background softly that won't be distracting? Okay, that'd be good. (coughs) If you could um, look over these things, these different categories. On the left is the heart of a slave. On the right is the heart of his son. And so I don't know if you have a a pen or something that might be helpful. It's not necessary, but the most important thing that we can do is submit these things to God and to go and say, God, I'm guilty of seeing you as a master instead of a loving father, you know? And submit those things to him and repent and say, I want to see you as you want me to see you as a son. You know, okay, so all of these things, there's front and back, but the back is very short. Anyway, um, just go through them in your heart, and there might be things that you're like, no, nope, I really totally get the heart of a son in that. That's normal and good. There will be times when you're like, you've got that one down, but then there will be other ones that you don't. And so just um, submit them to the Lord right now, and at the end, we'll just pray over it together, okay?